Many real estate agents across Australia confidently refer Property Insurance Plus to their clients as they recognise the price and benefit value of their policy combined with the client-focused service they deliver. They offer a comprehensive building and landlord insurance facility and have formed a powerhouse to present the very best in investment property insurance. Contact PIP today to find out more. Today we have Kylie from That Property Mum who is joining us so that we can have a bit of a chat about BDM stuff. So Kylie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of your podcast, so I'm very excited to be here. Perfect. Now tell us a little bit about you and where you are now in your life. Well, I had a real estate business uh, for the last uh, over 10 years now and grew a rent roll from scratch with absolutely zero experience. Um, So if I can do it, anybody can. Uh, I got to a point um, a few years ago where my business, I hit a bit of a rock bottom moment and I was having this revolving door of property managers coming and going. Everyone was stressed out, miserable, suffering burnout, myself included, and got me thinking that, you know, surely there has to be an easier or better way to do property management. And I sort of, you know, I overhauled my business, um, you know, went back to basics, redid all my systems procedures, got new, um, got implemented VAs, went to a cloud-based property management software, lost four property managers in the process of doing that, uh, and then was basically managing a portfolio of 600 on my own. And uh, and then and then sort of got all, got it all back up and running and you know everything sort of shifted and changed and everyone seemed happier and I had a really good team and I thought geez I should probably share some of this with other people and you know maybe make it a little bit easier for others I'll, I'll, and I guess property and then I started that property mum which you know and then in its simplest form it was designed to make property managers feel better. Yeah, excellent. What did, what did you learn when you did lose the four staff? Was there anything that you wish you would have done differently or does it was that just part of the process? Oh, look, it was um, time for me to have a really good look at myself. Um, you know that old saying, you know, you point a finger at somebody and there's three pointing back at you. Um, it was a bit of a case of that. It was time to really look at myself and how I was running a business and, um, and yeah, I just overhauled myself, overhauled my business and haven't kind of looked back since then. So it was a bit of a wake-up call, I guess. Yeah. And I know I've been following you for a while and I probably mentioned this to you when we first, um, you know, started speaking on social media. Um, but I actually thought you were an American real estate agent, like a big American real estate agent. And I don't know where that that concept came from or why I thought that, but it was, um, it was really good. I can't remember who reached out first to who, um, but I remember saying, were you saying you're from Queensland? And I thought, oh, wow, you're, you're local. That's wonderful. Cause it's, um, we don't have a lot of what well, we, we sort of do now. 
But um, in terms of people that are doing social media really well, um, I don't find there's a lot of people that are, and um, you're definitely one that has a great account to follow and um, and and good stuff on your website as well. For anyone that hasn't been and visited that Property Mum website, there's lots of challenges and ideas and courses um, that you can do. And um, I've got myself booked in in a few weeks to one as well. So are you enjoying doing that side of things? I am. I think it's really nice to be able to be in a position to give back. Uh, This industry, uh, I know I certainly struggled and I didn't have a lot of support. There is a lot more support nowadays. There are some great people, um, yourself included, uh, that are sharing their knowledge and their expertise and helping people avoid a lot of the mistakes. And I'm sure when you started your business, you would have made, you know, you would have wished you had gone, could have gone back and changed a few things that you did wrong. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think has changed from the prospecting side of BDM? What do you think has changed in, say, the last 10 years? Uh, I think it's moving more and more away from those personal connections. I think they're still important, uh, but it's, it's you know, it's moving towards, um, you know, online and um, profiles. You know, your social media presence is um, definitely important. Uh, I think it's moving towards not, you know, Every, not every client is is suitable for every business. Um, you know, people are starting to niche down a little bit more, um, and um, you know, I think and I think it's it's definitely a time where uh, we you need to really be smart about how you're doing prospecting, uh, looking at what your client habits are, what their you know. What I mean, they are a lot savvier and smarter than uh, than us, or as smart and savvy as us. So I think you know the days of the the old letterbox drops and um, the cold calls. Um, you know they might be relevant in some marketplaces and for some some people, um, but I don't. I think you know. I think we need to get a lot smarter how we're prospecting and and try different things and be open to to learning you know new new experiences. Um, I. So, so if I just share an example of when I started, um, we had a lot of relationships with developers and builders. It was in a high um, residential area. You know, new developments were come, cropping up all over the place. And and they, those quickly dried up, though, after sort of a year or two, those relationships dried up. And because we hadn't sort of worked on any other prospecting, we were kind of left with this drought. Uh, and then we had to get smarter like and work out, okay, well, how where are our clients now and then uh, this was when google reviews were just becoming popular so we thought okay well we need to get google reviews but to get google reviews you need to get people to your website first uh so the the trend is people will go search you up on you know on google you property managers in your area your website ideally will come up on the first or second page and then they will go stalk you on sit check out your reviews so we sort of had to put a we put a prospecting strategy in around that um, as well as other strategies, but you know that was um, you know kind of thinking outside the square uh, back then to um, find a new way to prospect. Yeah, I am. Um, that's that's how I've always prospected, and I think people need to remember that it is a long game to do it as well. So the, the fact that you're working on your Google reviews, your database, your website—it's not something that happens overnight. So then, what ha- what happens naturally is when we try something and it doesn't work the first time, we're so impatient as human beings, and then we don't, you know, we say that's not working. Let's try something else. But I think consistency really is the key when it comes to our online online presence and um, and our website and our database and our Google reviews 
to just to consistently do that and it will pay off and your market might be one where it will pay off in the first 12 months but you could also be someone where it doesn't pay off for five years but it's still okay um I I think for me I've been doing it probably really actively for four years and I could honestly say that only just now am I getting some really really good traction um with minimal effort which is which is good suits me (laughs) And is that because, do you think that's because you put that effort into that online presence and you just kept going even though you weren't getting the leads and, yep. and the, the traction early on? Yeah, I just kept out. on doing it, kept on doing it consistently um, regardless of the result. So, and I think that's the other thing. I've been meeting with lots of BDMs this, um, you know, this last sort of couple of months and a couple of things that I've learned was, was one, um, I'm finding that business owners these days are not putting as much pressure on the BDM as they have done in the past, which I think is a good thing. It's certainly not a negative thing. Um, so that's good. And I do find the BDMs are putting more pressure on themselves because they're they their bosses aren't putting that pressure on them so naturally um, with their personality type they're putting a lot of pressure on um, to to get results quickly but I do think that yeah it, it's very much a a long game and and maybe having a, a BDM strategy could be doing that in the background consistently as one part of your marketing method and then another part of your marketing method being those the real quick um, the quick stuff as well, whether it's cold calling or letterbox um, drops. So at least you're doing both options. And then hopefully that would mean that you can dwindle slowly off the, the actual time consuming maximum output stuff and rely just on your, um, on your passive online presence. That would be an ideal yeah. world. That is the perfect world. And I think it is achievable, especially since or post-COVID, I think it's definitely uh, achievable. Certainly what I was doing for prospecting pre-COVID to what, uh, which was a lot of vacant, there was a high vacancies, a lot of unhappy landlords out there, uh, you know, and that's not the case now. We've got the lowest vacancies we've had in sort of history in in most marketplaces. So uh, that's no longer going to work. And every coaching client that I have worked with recently, uh, whether it's a property manager, a business owner or a BDM, Every single one of them are struggling with rent roll growth post COVID. So, yeah, yeah, and so this is this is well, actually, going on that, I think with with the WA market, the reason why we're having problems with the growth, I find, is that we're actually getting a lot of our rent roll selling. Um, So a lot of people are experiencing, you know, an eight to ten percent sale of, you know, just investors selling up, um, which is making a little bit harder to get that net growth. Um, we're also finding in WA the uh, properties, there's a lot of shifting of uh, properties between agents. So I personally have an opinion on this and I feel that it's there's a lot of working from home happening and I feel that the quality of service is dropping a bit because of that, um, the um what's the word accessibility to your property manager is a bit harder Um, and a question I've had from a couple of new landlords recently is can I get hold of my property manager easily can I come into the office and see my property manager fortunately for us we work um, on a cafe strip and we don't do working from home so someone can always work walk in and see us but with a lot of agencies trying to be too online and too you know working from home and not having that personal contact it's 
it, there is a, a lot of shift with owners that are that really like that personal contact. So it's, it's a very interesting space. It is. And I, well, I always say, one of my sayings is that uh, the only thing we can do differently as property management companies, I mean, we've all got access to the same software. We all advertise on the same platforms. Um, the only thing that we can really do differently is our customer service. So if you take that away, uh, you don't have a point of difference to any other property management company. So um, you've got to get, well, I'm, I'm not adverse to people working from home. I think there is space for it. Uh, but you've got to get that balance right and still being able to service your clients really well. And look, if that's, you know, if that's a, for me, if that was, I was hearing that from my clients, that would certainly be my prospecting um, pathway I'd be taking right now uh, with my marketing materials, you know, talking about the serviceability, uh, talking about, you know, the, that face-to-face, you know, we're not scared of COVID, um, you know, that face-to-face is still important and especially in property management, you need you need that customer service. So, you know, if your, if your clients aren't giving you that, come and see us. So that, that's, a good, that's a good tip. Thanks for that. I'll absolutely yeah. be using that one. <laughs> Tick that on my box. Um, now, we have got, um, or you have got a, um, a webinar coming up, which I'm booked in for in a few weeks, and that is the um, five mistakes that prevent rent roll growth, which is very relevant um, as we've just discussed. So what is the one thing that you find um, and that you'll be teaching is a mistake that us BDMs are making? Well, I think this is the biggest mistake, not only um, BDMs but business owners as well, uh, is not knowing who your ideal client is. Uh, It's, you know, if in marketing, if you're trying to market to everybody, you actually market to nobody. Uh, so I think it's really important to be able to work out, identify who they are, um, where they live, how old are they, what is what are they doing for professions um, or jobs, uh, what you know, where do they live, uh, and what social media platforms is really relevant these days, where they're hanging out. Um, so I think that is the biggest mistake that a lot of businesses and BDMs make is they don't actually know who the heck they're trying to attract. And um, we talked about this the other day with the ideal client and um, how like even taking it one step further with the way that you dress and interact with those clients is so important and something that I've learned um, with, with, with by, by um, well, I haven't done it on purpose. I've not had any intentional plan to do this. It's just what I've worked out. I'm doing well in the BDM role, and that is that my ideal client is an older generation. They're also um, mums and dads because we have good um, connections with the local schools. Also, having children ourselves, um, and also. They are people that have money but don't look like they've got money, um, which is a very different breed as opposed to someone who looks like they've got money. Um, And so I find that those people, they've got um, the, where they've got money but don't look like they've got money, they're a very humble type person. Like I remember a story a long time ago. I had a client walk into the office and an old man didn't look like he had anything and he wanted to talk about property management. And so I gave him a lot of attention. We talked through his um, his property. It was just a little tiny one-bedroom studio, um, which might have been worth $180 a week. And I did his appraisal and did it like I would any other property. And what happened was he turned around after that and said, yeah, I would like to go ahead. And I'm like, that's wonderful. And he actually had 12 properties. And I was like, score, like it just goes to show 
you know, giving that um, attention to everybody, regardless of whether they, um, what they look like, what they've got, and um, and in terms of property, um, and that that paid off for me, which was and I, that was a lesson that I learned. Um, where because I've seen a lot of property managers or BDMs maybe not give that person as much attention when they're doing their BDM role because they think, oh, it's just a cheap property, doesn't matter. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Today's wonderful sponsor is Property Assist WA. Shannon and her team are really committed to assisting property managers' workload by assisting them with outsourcing services like routine inspections, final bond inspections and property condition reports. Keep your property managers doing what they love and outsource the things they don't to a company that thrives on positive feedback and guarantees a premium personalised service with a smile. The vision of Property Assist WA is to make a difference to the quality and perception of property managers, enabling you to keep your clients happy whilst improving the efficiency of your staff. Yeah, I actually have a story very similar to that, um, but it's a little bit different. <clears throat> I um, was working in a, a, at a sports carnival in the canteen with another mother, and um, and she was this lovely Indian lady, and we, you know, we were laughing at you know all the sweaty, smelly kids coming up for their drinks and stuff. And then we got talking about, you know, what do you do? And she said that she was self-managing a family property portfolio. And she started telling me, you know, I'm obviously thinking, oh, ching ching, um, in, in the back of my mind. But um, I resisted that that salesy urge. And she started telling me what a nightmare it was. And, you know, she was struggling and most of them were in arrears and she was having sleepless nights and, you know, what a nightmare it was. Uh, and so I just sort of, I just moved over to property me at the time. So I said to her, well, look, I've just got this new software program. It'll change your life. It's not expensive because back then you, it, it was per 100 properties you paid. And I said, why don't you come into the office and I'll show you how to use it. And she's like, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, great. We left it at that. We had a great day. About two months later, she called me up. And she said, Kylie, I would love to bring my business over to you, my portfolio over to you. I cannot do this anymore. You know, um, she's, and I said, oh, you know, oh, really, why is that? And she said, you are the first real estate person I've ever spoken to that offered to help me and not try and grab my business. And um, she ended up having 30 properties. So, wow. And all, all houses, not, not, um, you know, not, not units parts. or anything like that. Houses, yeah. So it was a nightmare, like. Don't get me wrong. It was she got all, she got all of our tenants off. Um, off uh, what was what's that? Um, off um, off one of those online places where you know all bad tenants who can't get uh, yeah. properties go to. Can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. But anyway, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So sometimes sometimes just being yourself and wanting to help people works too. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I like to sort of tell people is that it's about your database's database. So like you've got your database, which is, um, you know, your just your people who currently, you know, who have contacted you. But then it's those people that you want to talk to other people, like whether it's their family or whether it's their friends. So um, concentrating on your database's database is very, very important, I find, um, as well, which is sort of similar the way BNI works. You know, you meet with those, you know, 20 people, say, but then there's, it's who they talk to who might have a property um, or need help with the property management. So um, always remembering that's always a good thing to do as well. And that keeps you on task with your customer service too. You, you know, yeah. you, you want them them to be raving fans and talking about your business. So 
And, um, and a quote that I just remembered, um, which is relevant to your story, is that um, I, people, people don't buy from a hungry person. And I think that, um, like, I've never been hungry. I'm, I'm not a hungry person in terms of business. I'm happy just like yourself, just educating and giving them the information and it's sort of a take it or leave it. But if you come across as too, um, too hungry and, like, that person has experienced people trying to be salesy with her, it, um, it doesn't go down well. No, you know what, every time I have been salesy and I've gone to an appraisal and, you know, uh, I've been up against, you know, young property managers and they're new to the, young BDMs and they've been new to the industry and I've gone in, you know, all salesy and thinking I've got this, cocky, I'm the business owner, how are they going to get this over me? And I've lost the, I've lost it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I wasn't genuine. I wasn't trying to help. Yeah, I had the wrong intention from the start. So it happens to the best of us. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and that's sort of like going back to that ideal client and sort of, you know, the type of person they are and like and dressing accordingly as a BDM. So like for me, I um I'm, you know, I'm I'm smart, but I'm certainly not high-end um smart. I don't wear business jackets and matching suits and things like that, because that's not my um type of client. And if I walked in wearing that, um, I don't think that they and, and um, number one, it wouldn't be authentic to me. And number two, um, it is it, I don't think they would feel very comfortable. And even when I've I've dealt with my you know developers and high-end clients, I've always just gone in with as myself and not felt the need to dress up to impress or anything like that. And um and that goes down really, really well with the right people like um a big company that I work with, they they appreciate the fact that I've gone in as myself and not in there to impress. And so I think you had a story about um, about that type of thing as well. Who was it? Someone that one of our sales agents. Yes, yeah. she came from a big brand and she was you know used to wearing the power suits and the stiletto heels. She was already six foot, so she was like six foot whatever with her stiletto heels on, uh, and she's a glamazon, absolutely like a supermodel. And she would go into our mum and dad, um, mum and dad properties. And, you know, these are like humble people, both, you know, working class, both, you know, had worked their entire lives and, um, you know, dressed up like that in her Mercedes um, or a Porsche. And she was just not getting any business. So she, you know, she kind of quickly worked out, okay, I've got to, not that she changed herself, but it wasn't her anyway. Uh, And she, yeah, she readdressed her uh, and I think it was the biggest thing. They were intimidated by her. Yeah. They were completely scared. Um, you know, the men would have been over, you know, all goo-goo over how, <laughs> how gorgeous she was. I would have been able to think straight. The wife um, would have said, no, we're not using her. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, she's she's now, she's not, she's killing it now. She's probably one of the leading agents in our area. So, yeah. So I think there is definitely a need for you to understand your ideal client and, um, to resonate with them, whatever that means, and, and of course, you don't want to not be yourself. Um, and if that's if that's what if you do do like to dress like that and drive cars like that, you might need to find a different target audience or different area to be working in um, that is going to be more your ideal client. And and making then sure your marketing is matching that type of person. So if you are high end and you love high end and that's who you are um, naturally then, yeah, your marketing needs to be in line with that and then the people you will attract will be that line of people as well. So um, you, you will attract um, 
you will attract those people if you get all that right. And it's, it's only a subtle thing, but I think something that we should all be a little bit conscious of um, as well. Absolutely. Definitely. So I was just to say one yeah. last, I was just, um, I was just writing a blog this morning and um, I was just thinking about, um, you know, BDMs and, um, you know, how how they how it's it's changed as we were talking earlier um and it's it, it is just one of those things where you just have to keep looking at your market keep looking at what's happening in the world and just keep adapting like be a bit of a chameleon and um, and the other thing is to keep doing it regularly um you know don't it's got to be automated it's got to be something that it gets done consistently every single week you've got to get if you're doing letters your flyers your phone calls your social media, whatever you're doing, it's just got to be something that is part of your DNA almost and, um, you know, keep keep that momentum because the more you put energy into, um, the more it comes, you know, the more good things kind of come back to you. So, yeah, and, and I think... And, and I think you're right. If you are committing to something, whether it's social or flyers or newsletters, whatever it is, you make a commitment that you're going to be doing it for six months or 12 months, whatever um, you feel comfortable with. And your commitment is, is that you are going to keep on doing that for the next six months or 12 months, regardless of the outcome and have that mindset as well. 100%. Well, Carly, it's always lovely to chat to you and um, I'm sure we'll chat again soon. And for those that don't follow That Property Mum, do jump online because you are on most sites. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram and Pinterest. Actually, we've got a, we've just started um, diving into Pinterest. So, yeah, jump on and have a look. Yeah, I've, I've dabbled in Pinterest. I'd be interested to see how you go with that one. We um, might do a, another podcast about that, actually. So um, keep on plotting with it and we'll touch base and, and, and chat about how that works. Um, and for those that haven't jumped on and um, been on any of Kylie's uh, webinars, do go check them out because there's a couple coming up in the next couple of weeks. And um, again, her website has lots of information there as well. Kylie, thank you. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Tap Plumbing and Gas covers all Perth areas from Mandurah to Two Rocks and has a team of plumbing, drainage and hot water experts. They have an amazing reputation for their excellent service and quality workmanship on time, every time, and it is easy to see why they are a favourite to many Perth property managers. Whether you just need some friendly advice or an obligation-free quote, look no further than On Tap Plumbing and Gas.